You are listening to the podcast from Mosaic Church. Stay tuned after it for more info about how to get and stay connected with our church family. Now, let's dive into this week's message. Well, good morning. Good morning, yes. Well, before we begin, I just want to thank uh, Pastor Morgan and Carrie, uh, John and Galen, the elders and pastors of this house, for the opportunity to share God's word with you all today. I'm super excited. I hope you are excited, but I'm deeply humbled to have this opportunity. So how about we pray, and then let's get into our message for today. Does that work for everybody? Oh, yeah? All right. That's, all right, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you right now. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. I acknowledge you in this place, Lord. I thank you for your anointing, for your grace to minister your word with accuracy and with clarity, Lord God, and with precision. Lord, I ask that you would speak to each and every one of us today uniquely. Lord, do something that only you can do beyond the words, beyond what I say. Lord, I thank you that I am a co-laborer with you. I thank you that it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your spirit. So I give you the glory in advance for what you will do in our lives today. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen, amen. Well, we have been in a sermon series on the book of Romans chapter 8 for the last few weeks. And Pastor Morgan has been preaching phenomenally and encouragingly and inspirationally around Romans chapter 8. And we're going to continue in that today. But we're going to pick it up in Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 28. And as I think about these sets of scripture that we're going to talk about in Romans chapter 8, but particularly 18 through 28, it makes me think about this idea, this principle in cognitive psychology, and it goes a little something like this. Imagine that you find yourself in your absolute favorite shopping store of all time. You look up and you see this jacket, and when you see that jacket, it's like love at first sight. You're like, oh, I've got to have that. That jacket is sweet. It's amazing. It's going to look so good on me. So you're like, I got to get this. You go over to the jacket, and to make sure you can get it, you grab the sleeve. And you look down at the price tag, and you see that the price tag is $100. Mm-mm. But you realize that there's a red slash through that hundred, and you look again, and you see 1999. You said, "I'll take three, please." <laughs> you see, it's 1999. Now, here's the thing: 1999, in and of itself, is 1999. But when you look at 1999 in context of a hundred dollars, you like. That ain't that bad at all. You know what I mean? And so this idea in cognitive psychology is known as anchoring. Anchoring is when we rely on the very first piece of information that we have to make sense of all the information that is coming after it. So in this case, the $100 was our anchor. And so when we encountered the 1999, we made sense of 1999. We processed 1999 through the anchor of $100. 
Well, I believe that Romans chapter 8 is so powerful that it can be our anchor for our life by which we use to process our hurts, we process our pains, we process our victories, we process our joys because Romans chapter 8 is so good that I want to talk to you today about that it gets even better. And I want to show you how this can be an anchor for your life in getting even better through three truths that we find in this text. The first one is better glory. Everybody say better glory. The second one is better intercession. Everybody say better intercession. And then the third one is better ending. Everybody say better ending. All right, we'll start with these in turn. We'll start with better glory, better glory. We enter into the text in Romans chapter 8, verse 18. And Paul writes, he says, for I consider, this word consider is an accounting word where he has done a lot of analysis to get to this final point. And he says, out of everything that I've been able to look at, everything that I've been able to assess, everything that I've been able to analyze, I consider this, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. Now, this is an interesting word, this word here, compare. It is the Greek word, where the Greek word is axios. Axios is where we get the English word axis. It's literally a scale that has equal balances. It means a balanced scale and assigning matching value. So essentially, axios is what's on this side of the scale is equal to this side of the scale. But what Paul says in the Greek is when you compare glory on one hand and the sufferings of this present time, it is not axios. In fact, the glory of God is so weighty that it's incomparable when you put it up against the sufferings of this present time. It's not axios. Let me give you an illustration of this. Not axios is this idea. So a few years ago, uh, my wife Brandilyn and I, we were on vacation. And wouldn't the vacation sound good <laughs> right about now? I wish we were on one. We were on a vacation in Hawaii. Yeah. In this particular day, you know, we were trying to figure out what are we going to do today. And so some friends had told us that there's this place called Diamond Head. And we looked it up on Google. All the reviews were nice. So we're like, you know, today we're going to go to Diamond Head. So Diamond Head is this volcanic cone. I just say it's a, it's a mountain, right? <laughs> so we get on the bus and we go to this mountain. And so we get to Diamond Head and we check it out. We're like, oh ain't that tall of a mountain. And what sweetened the deal, as we're about to start our hike up, people are coming down, they're che they, they cheesing, they smiling, they're like, oh, this, it, it is so beautiful up there. It is the most amazing view that you will ever see. They were just raving on and on and on. And so we're like, oh, we can't wait to get up, go ahead and hike up here. And as we coming down on our right-hand side, there was a couple. I say, excuse me, excuse me, about how long did it take y'all to hike up there? They said, uh, about 30, 45 minutes top. We said, bet, it's on. We're going to be up there in 30. <laughs> we start our hike up Diamond Head. All right, about 20 minutes up, we like, uh, this ain't going to be no 45-minute hike up here. <laughs> we're about 20 minutes up, 
and we look over to the right, and there is a guy with his hands on his knees. He like, woo, y'all go around me. We like, what in the world? We go a little further, and there's a lady over here on the left-hand side. She the same thing. She said, woo, child, y'all go ahead around me. I'll be a minute. So we like, okay, we are too high up to go back down, but we're not high enough to get excited about the rest of the journey. We keep hiking. And all of a sudden, in my left hamstring, that mug starts shaking. It started tightening up. I'm like, what in the world is happening? Brandolin's ankle started hurting, my feet hurting. And then one of us who will remain nameless said, well, I didn't want to come here anyway. <laughs> then the other one said, that ain't what you said when we looked on Google. And the other one said, you know I'm a homebody. And the other one said, that ain't what you said when we looked on Google. So now we arguing, we upset, we tired, my hamstring is hurting, her ankles are hurting, my feet, I'm like, this, what in the world have we gotten ourselves into? Then we finally get to what we thought was the pinnacle of the mountain. Then we look up and it's like a gazillion stairs that you gotta go up. And the stairs are like two inches wide and it goes up in a spiral. So here we are, we tire, our legs are heavy. We're trying to go up and around this spiral. But guess what? We finally make it to the top. And here's a picture of us. We smiling, but our legs are hurting. Hamstrings, ankles feel like they about to... We made it. But now watch this. When we finally experienced that place, it was breathtaking. It was breathtaking because we were so tired. It took us two hours. No, it was breathtaking. It was breathtaking because we beheld the beauty of that space, of that place. I mean, the sea looked amazing. We saw the topography, the geography, the architecture. We were literally in awe by the glory of that experience. And all of the anguish, and all of the arguing, and all of the heartache, and all of wanting to give up, it paled in comparison to that glorious experience that we had in that moment. And this is the picture of not axios, that, that when you compare the glory of God on one hand, and you compare the sufferings of this present age, they pale in comparison because they're incomparable, is what Paul is trying to get us to see. But now, what is so incomparable? He said this now. He said that the glory will be, oh, listen, Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. That which Moses asked God for, God said is on the inside of you, and I'm going to reveal it. And glory in the Hebrew is kabod. It, is, it means heaviness. It means weightiness. It means substance. And then the, the Greek is doxa. It's brilliance. It's, it's the splendor. The God wants to use the glory of God that he's going to reveal in you to make you a more substantive, a more weighty in character, a more brilliant person. So I don't know the sufferings that you are experiencing. I don't know the sufferings of the last 20 months. But what I do know is that there is a glory that will be revealed in you that is far greater. 
because it's a better glory. But guess what? It gets even better. Let's look at our second truth. Better intercession. And we skip down and we go into the text in verse number 26. In verse 26 says, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our weaknesses. The King James says our infirmities. For we know not what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Now, this word intercession, it's so amazing. In fact, this is the only time in the entire 66 books of the Bible that this word is used. I believe that God, the Spirit of God, inspired Paul to create a word to try to represent to us how marvelous his intercession was. It wasn't a word that exists, so he made one up and put it together. The Greek word is hooper into kano. Hooper into kano. I've been saying encanto because I've been watching that movie. <laughs> Don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. <laughs> My wife's saying it's not encanto. It's not encanto. All right. Super into kano. Hooper into kano. All right. <laughs> Into Kano is translated often in English as um, supplication. It's often translated as petition. Into Kano means to converse with someone, to meet with someone, so that you can intervene for them. It's also translated intersect. Like it, it, the, the idea is that someone is coming to partner with you to rescue you. He said, we got that word, but he put a prefix on it, which is a preposition, hooper. Hooper means beyond. So essentially what he's saying, the intercession for the Spirit of God for you, it is in Tucano, but it's beyond that. Ah, it is in Tucano, but it's bigger than that. It is in Tucano, but it's much more vaster than that. The, 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 one of the translations of Hooper and Tucano, it gives the picture, it gives the idea of someone being in a ditch or in a hole that's so deep down that they're so far above, it's so far, they're in over their head that if someone doesn't come to help them with strength that's greater than what they have, then it could be over. And it gives this picture of Hooper in Tucano of one falling down into that ditch where you are. Feeling your frustrations and your emotions and rescue you and out of that place. That's Hooper in Tucano, that, that the Spirit of God will literally fall into that ditch with you, will be touched with the feelings of your infirmities, but rescue you out of that. Let me give you a picture. Let me give you a picture. All right. So to illustrate this idea, uh, in 1987 um, in Midland, Texas, there's a, a very famous story. If you remember it, there was a, a little girl who was 18 months at the time named Jessica McClure, 
who was known to the world as Baby Jessica. Anybody remember the story of Baby Jessica? Yeah. So, you know, she's at a family member's house who had a daycare. The kids are outside playing. You know, Baby Jessica's mom's out there. And the phone rings. The phone is inside. Now, this is 87. We ain't got no iPhone. We ain't got no flip phone. You got to go get that phone, the joker with the cord on it. You got the one here, got the cord, or the one on the wall. Either way, that cord can only go so far. So, so, so Jessica's mom goes back in, takes the call. In a split second, she comes back out. Jessica's gone. Oh, you got to be able to feel what she felt to see that your 18-month-old is gone. And so in that backyard, there was a well. And that well was covered. It was about eight inches wide, but it was covered by a metal plate. Baby Jessica actually fell down in the well. 22 feet. And the well was so tight that one leg was above the other one, so her circulation, her heart was having to pump. And at that moment, baby Jessica was in over her head. Her family, they were in over their head. It was nothing that any of them could do to get her out. So what did they have to do? In Midland, they brought in folks who drill for oil. And right next, adjacent to the place where she fell down, they began to drill a tunnel. Let me pause right here and say something. They were not able to get her through the way in which she fell. But if God has to make a way where there isn't a way, he's coming to rescue you. So they began to drill down into that place where she was, and they drilled down below the 22 feet. Now, she's in there for 58 hours, two and a half days. They drilled down. They have to drill up a little bit, and then they drill horizontally, and they're able to get this connection with her. And so they take a paramedic, wrap them around in rope, send them down the hole, goes in to get baby Jessica, and then pulls her out. And this is the picture, my friends, of Hooper in Tucano, that no matter where you find yourself in over your head, you're in a ditch or in a well, you're like, I didn't know I would ever be here in a million years. And you feel like you're stuck. And you feel like God has forgotten about you. And you feel like, I can't go on like this anymore. Well, I've got good news for you. The Spirit of God is going to fall into that place with you. He's going to feel your emotions. And he's going to rescue you out of that place. Because that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. God has not forgotten about you. God has not thrown you to the side. He's on the scene to rescue you today. Woo! Glory. Thank you, Jesus. The enemy thought it was the end, but God is doing something that far passes what he could ever think. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Whew. Hooper into Kano. But now, Hooper said it's even beyond that. What? You mean as Mo Holy Ghost? I got Mo for my intercession. Because sometime, even after you're delivered 
out of the situation, the situation is still in you. And so you have to walk out the healing over time. After baby Jessica got out, she had to have 15 more surgeries over the years. She actually got gangrene in one of her toes and it was amputated. Today, even 35 plus years later, she still has scars. What am I trying to tell you? That the Spirit of God's intercession for you is so beyond that he will be there to walk with you and to talk with you and to lead you and to guide you in that healing process. Whether you gotta be healed physically. Old Testament said he was Jehovah Rapha, but Jehovah Rapha is not just the only one who heals you physically. Honey, he will heal you psychologically. He will heal you emotionally. He will heal all your spiritual hurts because this is the ministry of the Holy Ghost to you. Hooper and Tucano. But it gets even better. Y'all like, it's better than this. Yeah, it gets even better than this. Not only is there better glory and better intercession, but Mosaic, there's better ending. There's a better ending. Let's go back in the text. Verse number 27 says, And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people, or the King James, for the saints, according to the will of God. And, and, and all that stuff I said about a better intercession, all the stuff we said about better glory, all the stuff he said coming up in verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, the law, the spirit of life of Christ, all of that, we, that's all, and we know that all things work together. Everybody say together. He said together, not in isolation. Because in isolation, it's hard. It's painful. It will bring you to your knees. But he said that all things work together. The word, everybody say, work together. The word, this word, uh, work together, is simply the Greek word, soon ergo. Soon ergo simply means cooperate. So essentially what he's saying, he's saying like all these things will begin to work together for, for. The word for is the Greek word ice, and ice simply means into. So in other words, what he's saying, that all of those things will begin to work together, and as they come together, they'll work into good. It'll work into good. The Greek of this word ice literally gives the picture of motion. And through the motion, those things that have come from here, from there, they start to work into this end, and that end is good. All right, can I show y'all an illustration of this? All right, please give it up for Pastor Alvin. All right, let's take this text and, and, and try to illustrate what's happening here. All right. Thank you. We have your life. 
And we have these ingredients in which comprises your life. So, this is the Terrence Green translation, like all ingredients work together and they work into something that's gonna be good. So here's the first ingredient that we have is butter. I see some people saying, woo, okay. How many of y'all just take a stick of butter and just eat it like a candy bar? <laughs> Somebody came to me after the second service. They, people do it, people do it, people do it. But butter in and of itself, you go get a tub of butter and just get it a spoon like some ice cream, like, oh, I can't wait to have this butter, let me, butter, let me put some chocolate. No, you, you don't butter in and of itself in isolation. High cholesterol is nasty <laughs> by itself. We also have here an egg. How many of you wake up in the morning, you just crack your egg, you eat the yolk, and you ready to go? Not, 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 the egg, mm-mm, the egg in and of itself. I ain't trying to eat that. But the egg has to be cracked. And is your life cracked today, beloved? Like God can take the cracks and the fractures in your life. Do you feel like you're walking on eggshells in your relationships? God can take the walking on the eggshells, the cracks, the crevices, the brokenness of your life, and he can use it as an ingredient. Thank you. All-purpose flour. (laughs) You can use it for any purpose. Even though it's all-purpose flour, how many of y'all just put your hand in there, shake your flour up like you eating sunflower seeds? Oh, let me give me some. I don't want no flour like that. But you know what? The flour by itself, not good to just be consuming. But let's put a little of that in your life. Flour. Thank you. And then... Pure cane, quality sugar. Woo-hoo. The sugar may taste good to you, but if this is all you eat, it's not good for you. And so we love the sugar and put the sugar sprinkles on. And yes, Jesus said, I've come in John chapter 10 that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So it's nothing wrong with having a good life. And what I'm saying is that God will take the good as well. And he will mix this on in. All right, that's a lot of... It's Kool-Aid sugar. Oh, and then my friend. Woo-hoo-wee. Icing. The icing on the cake. Oh, we love the times when God just ices the cake for us, the beauty and the splendor. And yet, God is is a master chef that will put icing on your life. And he will take the good of the icing and put it... Thank you, Pastor Alvin. Now, literally, what he says is that All the things are 
all the ingredients, that which the enemy meant for evil, God can still take that ingredient and turn it into good. He's saying that he will take all those things and in cooperation, when they come in unison, that they start to work into because of emotion. A motion that is happening. And God will take that in your life and will begin to stir it and work it into something good. And when you get this stirring together, you know what you do next? You put it in the oven and you wait. You wait. You wait. And some of you feel like you're in an oven and you're waiting on the intervention of the Holy Spirit. And you're saying like, where are you, God? Why did this happen, God? I'm here to tell you that he's working it. He is stirring it. He is working it into something that is going to be for your good. But the waiting, the waiting. You said we was going to have a cake. I ain't got no cake yet. The waiting. You said it was going to taste good. You said that I should be confident of these very things, that you which began a good work in me, that going to please. This ain't no good work. You're waiting. But he says in the final analysis that it works into something that is good. This right there is the amalgamation of all those ingredients that had to be stirred, that had to be worked, and the end of it is something that's good. I wish I was like Oprah. I'd say a piece of cake for you and for you and for you and for you. I ain't got no cake for everybody. We just got one piece. But the beauty that God develops in your life can actually be used to give samples to other people. Because you not the sword. You ain't the baker. You're the recipient of what the baker has produced. Woo! And your life should lead people back to the master baker because they got ingredients in their life that he's working. Ah, so I don't know where you find yourself today, but God is working all of those things into good for you. And the only reason why the things can work into good is because over 2,000 years ago, there was one who was looking down the annals of time and he saw that you would need a healer. He saw that you would need a savior. He saw that you would need a redeemer. He saw that you would need a way maker. He saw you would need somebody to keep your mind intact from the attacks of the enemies. And he looked down and he said, you know what? I'm not going to just die for you, but I'm going to die as you. And he died as you and he rose again with all power and all authority and he's given it to you. So it can get even better. So I want to encourage you today. If you feel like you're in or over your head, if you feel like you're still going through the healing process, that the Spirit of God has you front and center on his mind. You are his beloved. 
Somebody said, am, am I worth God doing all that for me? Yes. How do I know? He gave himself for you. So will you receive that today? That there is better glory. There is better intercession. And there is a better ending. Can I pray with you before we close? Lord, we just thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you for the pieces of the mosaic that you're working in people's lives, Lord, that you're working it into good. And regardless of any and all things that have happened in the last 20 months, Lord, we thank you that we're still here. We thank you, Lord, that you encourage us and you will strengthen us. Father, I ask right now that you would strengthen people who need better glory, better intercession, and a better ending. And I pray that the Spirit of God will manifest so freshly in your life that it will continue to get even better. We give you the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. For more info about how to get and stay connected to Mosaic Church, please visit us online at www.mosaicchurchaustin.com or download our app from your app store.